With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everyone, welcome back into the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the host of the podcast and manager of BT Powerhouse, which covers your Big Ten basketball needs here at SB Nation. And we're continuing on with our season preview series. Tonight, we're going to be touching on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And to help us break them down, we have a special guest here, Aaron from On the Banks. Aaron, how's it going? Very good, Thomas. Thanks so much for having me back and looking forward to uh, college hoops uh, resuming once again. Absolutely, yeah. After last season's abrupt end, it is very nice to be talking about real basketball and know that, you know, in all likelihood, we're what just over a month away from tip off. So uh, exciting times, exciting times for the Big Ten and, and for Rutgers. Um, just for people who don't recall, I believe you were on here last year for our season preview series. But um, for people who don't recall, if you can just let them know where they can check out your stuff and what you guys do over at On the Banks. Sure, we're at uh, onthebanks.com, and uh, you know we're covering uh, Rutgers hoops uh, throughout the season and in the off season. Um, you know we're, we're credentialed with the program, so uh, we've had a couple uh, interviews with Coach Pike over the last uh, month or so, and um, you know obviously for all Rutgers sports as well. But you can find us on Twitter, OTB underscore SB Nation. We're on Facebook as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're very excited. You know, we've, we've lived through some lean years the last few decades. So, uh, to say Rutgers basketball fans are excited about this season would be a, a massive understatement. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And I kind of want to start there. You know, I've, uh, the, our last couple of years, I know you're joking about this before it started, but, um, a lot of these previews have been a bit grim for Rutgers coming into the year, you know, not a lot of optimism. And I, so I hate to start on a, on a bad point, but I do want to start with last season. Uh, the team performed really well. I don't think there's any doubt going into the last week or two of the regular season. Rutgers was going to make the NCAA tournament. Unfortunately, COVID hits, the season gets canceled. We never get to see what happens. Um, first, your, your final thoughts just on last season and sort of where the program sits as we prepare to enter this year? Well, I think, you know, uh, in a re- rebuilding a program, especially one like Rutgers that has, uh, you know, had a few glimpses of positive rebuilds in the past under former coaches, um, only to kind of fall apart by year four. Um, mm. It was a very encouraging sign to see them take another step forward. Basically, every year that Pico has been here, uh, he has made them better. And, um, you know, it's been maybe... Uh, um, taken longer than some people hope, but at the same time, those that have followed the program for a long time know the pitfalls and how um, so many times it's fallen apart before it ever really got anywhere. So um, seeing their progress last season, you know, there, there's um, having so many returning players back this year, the experience they got last year, I think, you know, uh, although they really struggled on the road in Big Ten play, I think they actually played better than they got credit for. They had some really close losses against some uh, ranked teams on the road uh, in conference play. And I think that 
They've learned a lot, and having you know six of their top eight guys back from last year is is a real confidence boost uh, for them. And really, Geo Baker emerging as one of the premier uh, late game closers in the country really gave them an edge that they've been looking for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree, and you know I I just want to echo you know a couple things here. You know, first off. This has been a, a long build. You know, this was not a one-year rebuild, as you noted. Ed, with the pre, prior head coaching staff for the Scarlet Knights with um, Eddie Jordan, they obviously reached really, really low points. His last year, they are 7-25 and 25 overall. But not only that, 279th on Ken Palm, which is almost like unheard of for a Power 5 team. So really just the bottom. But uh, as you mentioned, since then – they jump up to 135th the next year, then 130th, then 78th. And last year they finished 28th in the shortened season. So it has been a steady climb, which which has to be a lot of fun to watch as a Scarlet Knight fan. And, you know, I, I just want to note, um, I said this about Penn State. I feel the exact same about Rutgers. You know, the people obviously who have suffered the most uh, during this pandemic are the people who have gotten sick, you know, lost family members, that kind of stuff. So there are real things going on beyond sports. But putting aside the real things and in the sports world, I don't know if anybody got screwed more than Rutgers (laughs) last year. Um, (laughs) I, I mean, they finally, finally get there. I believe they have the nation's longest, at least in the Power Five, um, I I don't know if a streak is the right word, but longest run without an NCAA tournament appearance dating back to the 90s at this point. And finally we're in and you just don't get the the celebration. You know, obviously um, we don't know what would have happened, but I have to imagine Rutgers would have had a big selection show, you know, viewing party. All the fans could have come down. It, it would have been a real party um, for Scarlet Knight fans. So it's disappointing that didn't happen. But, you know, the program is in good shape right now. I don't think fans are going to have to wait very long for that celebration. You know, maybe they won't get to go in person this year with COVID out there. But I, I'm sure fans will, will be happy nonetheless if, if the team can get it done. So um, disappointing way last season kind of unfolded. And, you know, one one thing I, I did want to touch on as well, again, I, I mentioned this in the Penn State podcast, both kind of in similar veins where, you know, struggled for a while but but finally got in. Um, how what, how did you feel about the idea? There was a discussion from some of the head coaches, um, you know, some that maybe with a little self-interest like Pat Chambers for Penn State, who wanted the NCAA to reveal the bracket, how they would have picked it, um, even though, you know, they wouldn't have obviously had the, the games, but just put out a list of of the teams. How did you feel about that idea? Well, uh, first off, I'll say the term you were probably looking for that Rutgers fans use is drought. Uh, and it's been, yes, uh, we're, yes. we're now at 30, 30 even years uh, oh, going geez. into this season. Um, but, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I was kind of torn about it. I, I like the idea in theory, but at the same time, it almost would be a little bit of salt in the wound, I think. Um, and mm. uh, to be honest with you, I think a big part of this year's team's identity will be having an even larger chip on their shoulder for feeling Mm. like they have this unfinished business. And although they certainly have changed perception, I think that they haven't changed it as much as they had wanted to when not getting to the NCAA tournament, potentially, you know, winning a game or two while they were there. So I think um, 
for, for that instance, I'm happy about it because I think not revealing the bracket and not giving that kind of uh, satisfaction, even though it would be hollow, um, it has, has channeled and funneled, uh, really driven this team to be even more motivated going into this season. Interesting. Yeah. I think for my, my thought, I did not support it. And the main reason why I didn't is the season was not concluded. You know, the regular season was, but there was still a lot of conference tournaments that had not fully concluded, obviously, including the big 10, you know, the big 10 got a day accomplished um, Wednesday, but they still had Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to play games. And while Rutgers there really wasn't a debate. The only debate was, you know, what seed would they have been in the NCAA tournament? But for some of those teams, those conference tournaments actually make a big difference, Get and they get some teams in, some teams get knocked out. So I thought you can't do it really unless you have the full picture. That was my thought. I thought you would be, you'd be shortchanging some teams. But um, with that, we should put last season to bed, though. Move into this year. Rutgers does enter this season with, um, a, a pretty nice roster. Before we get into the team overall, however, um, what are the the big departures that Rutgers fans should be aware of this year? And conversely, who are the the newcomers that you're excited about? Well, uh, talking about uh, losses, I mean, their their major loss was a quasi Yaboa, the grad transfer from Stony Brook. Um, who was a huge addition last year, very solid uh, performer on both ends of the floor. He kind of struggled down the stretch a little bit, um, but overall, I mean, he was he was certainly a, a valuable player for Rutgers. He certainly will be missed. Um, he was more of a, an outside-in type 3-4 uh, guy, um, but he could defend multiple positions, and um, he had a lot of experience and was a good leader. So certainly a big loss there. Um, their only other uh, of their top nine players last season in terms of minutes and production was Shaq Carter, who was a somewhat useful uh, front court uh, player. Uh, never really, uh, you know, he was one of the top JUCO recruits two years out, um, you know, that Rutgers got. He never really fulfilled that type of kind of uh, ranking, but um, he, he was a solid uh, bench player and gave him some good minutes on both ends of the floor. Uh, never did anything too, uh, you know, too great, but, but certainly a useful player. Um, but other than that, everybody was scheduled to be back. The, the one blow they've had in the offseason is Caleb McConnell, uh, rising junior, uh, wing player that, that handled the ball quite a bit uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, really just a, an under-recruited three-star kid out of Ohio that's just a really tough player, a great teammate, um, you know, had his moments last year. We had some big games. He did struggle as well down the stretch, and a big part of that, uh, which has really come out, has been injuries, and, and he's actually decided to take a medical redshirt this season due to a back injury, um, which I think will be a, a real positive uh, long-term just for his health and obviously Rutgers still uh, being able to have him another um, two years. So I think uh, long-term it's a good move, but um, certainly hits their depth a little bit this year. But I, I don't think he was, um, you know, he's probably a guy that was the first off the bench, maybe second off the bench, could start when needed. Um, and, uh, you know, it's certainly a, a valuable player. But at the same time, overall, when you're talking about a team that's bringing six of their top nine guys back, plus adding mm-hmm. the top 50 recruiting class to the top 50 recruit, um, it certainly uh, puts them, I think, in, in a position of strength, especially going into a, a year where the offseason has been extremely disjointed and shortened. Um, that, you know, it's a team that pretty much knows themselves going into this year. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of on, on the same board that Rutgers doesn't lose much <laughs> this off season. I, maybe it's shortened and, and sweet, but basically all, all your key guys are back, you know, Baker, um, you mentioned a few of the others that, that I think fans should be really excited about entering the Harper, um, obviously a, a bunch of exciting pieces. And I like this, I like the recruiting class coming in this year. I think it's a step up from what Pico has brought in the last couple of years, just in the depth, because I, I think there are, uh, th- two, three players that I could see contributing at a high level down the line. Obviously, uh, Amori is going to be the, the top guy, as you mentioned, he's a top 50 prospect, nationally one of the top recruits Rutgers has landed in quite some time I think I'm looking at the 247 page right now I think they have him rated as the second highest commit ever in the history of 247 sports for Rutgers hoops so obviously a pretty big commitment um when you're when you're talking about 20 years or so here for the Scarlet Knights but I I think this team is is as deep and as talented as it's been in in quite some time and uh Again, don't want to repeat myself, but uh, I like the pieces. Uh, with that, though, you know, we've talked a little bit about last season, about who's coming in, who, who's coming out. Um, moving back to more of a, a team perspective here, what are the biggest things you're most optimistic about with regard to the Scarlet Knights this season? And conversely, what are you the most worried about with this team? Well, it starts with defense. Um, and, uh, you know, they finished last year uh, – sixth in defensive efficiency in the country. But what I thought was actually more impressive was that they finished second in Big Ten play. Um, you know, they had never finished better than ninth or tenth. Um, and they, they really uh, took a, a leap defensively. I think they finished in the top four in every statistic, um, but uh, but one uh, in Big Ten play. I think it was free throw rate. They, they finished 12th. Everything else was top four. Um, and believe it or not, you know, uh, Coach Peichel, when I talked to him last month, uh, really believes they're going to be a better defensive team this year, which is pretty scary to think about. Wow. You know, uh, Cliff Omaroy, um, you know, he's he, he's a top 50 recruit. You know, offensively, it's going to take him a little bit, I think, to develop a game. But defensively, he is going to be an elite uh, rem defender from day one, uh, big-time shot blocker and rebounder. Uh, and adding him to that defense is really going to just allow them to be even more dangerous um, you know, Pico feels that they're they're even more versatile, going to be able to give more, uh, different looks and and just be deeper on the defensive end. I think they'll press more. Um, another recruit that they got, Mawat Mag, out of Polyphic Prep, um, was the top prep school in the country last year. Uh, you know, he started for them. He had a hand injury um, late junior year that summer, so he was kind of under-recruited. Uh, I, I think he's going to end up being a huge uh, sleeper of a recruit that Peichel found. Um, I think he's going to contribute right away uh, defensively. And I think in transition off, off of defensive stops, they're really going to be able to, uh, you know, be, be an efficient team offensively off the break. Um, so defense, I think, is, is certainly their strength, their identity. It has been since day one, since Peichel has been there. And I think their ability to, it, it, their defensive ability is going to keep them in every game that they play. Uh, and then, uh, conversely, my biggest concern, I would, I would go back to, to shooting, um, specifically free throw shooting. They were a terrible free throw shooting team last year. Um, you know, Pico talked about how much they've worked on that and, and joked, but it really is true. If, if, if they were just an average free throw shooting team, their offensive efficiency numbers would be, you know, top, top 40 in the country, uh, probably top half of the big 10. They're that bad. 
from the free throw line, they shot about 64%. So, you know, you're talking about four or five more makes a, a game. Uh, you're talking about an elite team. So with that defense. So I, I, I think uh, free throw shooting, you know, they did struggle at times from the three-point line, but they, they definitely were improved last year. Um, mm-hmm. And from two-point range, they were, they were much more efficient. I think their ability, again, if their defense um, can be even better and they can force more turnovers – and uh, uh, score more in transition. It's only going to help them offensively. Um, but I think, can, yeah, c- consistent shooters. The other thing I should note is that McConnell, who is redshirting, was their best free throw shooter. He averaged about 80%. So, again, their best free throw shooters out from a terrible free throw shooting team last year. Miles Johnson specifically, a very good, uh, you know, double-double guy uh, in the paint center. Um, shot 40% from the free throw line last year. And I think he had the second most attempts on the team. So certainly an issue, you know, if he could just improve closer to that 60% mark, they would be much improved in that area. But um, strength wise, defense uh, concern, I would say shooting and specifically free throws. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think from a strength perspective, you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's defense, defense, defense. This team is gritty. They're going to be nasty to play. Most Big Ten teams, uh, most teams in general, are not going to enjoy playing them because it's going to be gritty. It's going to be physical. Um, And the other thing that I think Rutgers is really underrated in is rebounding. I I think they're so consistent there, particularly offensively, at at getting boards. And I know they're not uh, – they came in last year in terms of efficiency numbers, like 53rd on defensive rebounding, like 68, something like that. But it, it really feels like they're a lot better than that when you watch them play. And I don't know if it's because they get the rebounds in the big moments or or what it is, but they're I, I really love the way they rebound, and they do it as a team. I mean, it's not just one guy pulling in every rebound. So I really – the defense – the idea that they're going to be better, I, I think, is crazy. I'm I'm a little skeptical just because they were already so good uh, that the defense is going to elevate. But I expect it to be really good again. I expect the rebounding to be really good again. I think in terms of concerns, um, I don't think there are, are too many because so many of these guys are back. And this is a proven team. We know it's deep. We know a lot of these guys have performed at a Big Ten level. I think... To me, it, it's the shooting, obviously, you hit on it with the free throws and the three-point shooting. Um, I, I think the three-point shooting is really kind of the cap on this team because the big question is going to be, can Rutgers elevate? You know, they go 20 and 11 last year. They finished 28th on Ken Palm. Really nice, solid season. But the question is, can they elevate into the top, top group in the Big Ten? You know, they they had a good season, but... They were what two, three games out of uh, yeah, three games out of the conference title. So that's a big jump that that last three game hunk there to get into the Big Ten title picture. And I think it's going to depend on the three point shooting. So can they find somebody who can elevate there? And moreover, I think they have a, a a handful of guys that could get into that all Big Ten third team honorable mention group. But I I'm curious to see if they can get somebody that can emerge into a second or maybe even a first team type of uh, classification, because I, I do think, you know, if we're talking about the ceiling of that of this team, it's the three point shooting. And it's I don't want to call it the lack of a star player, because I think they have a bunch of like semi quasi star players, but the lack of that true, you know, alpha guy who will dominate the game. And I, I think they have a, a bunch of guys that are like tiptoeing close to that 
but aren't quite there. So I'm, I'm curious to see on that front. But again, it's a proven roster. It's a proven team. They got a coach who, who knows how to coach these guys. So a lot more positives um, than negatives uh, as far as Scarlet Knights are concerned. But um, so we talked about, you know, who's coming in, who's coming out, uh, the team in general. Um, as far as, you know, I, I just mentioned, I'm, I'm a little curious to see whether the team can get sort of a quote unquote star player. Do you have any predictions on as far as the team's best player? I know they had kind of a handful of guys that, that carried the boat last year, but do you think there is an alpha on this team or, and who, if, if there is, who do you think it is? Yeah, I do. I think Ron Harper Jr. is really primed to uh, take a, mm-hmm. a big leap this season. Um, you know, if you look at his efficiency numbers, he was, I think, in the top 15 in Big Ten play in seven different categories. Um, but, you mm-hmm. know, he did it kind of quietly. Um, you know, he, he certainly disappeared at times. He was a bit inconsistent. Um, but he also, I think, has the highest ceiling of anyone on the team. Obviously, Geo Baker, you know, is, is a bit more proven. The team relies on him a, a little bit more. But I think that it's really key to – I totally agree with your sentiment that um, they need that alpha to really step up. I think Geo, you know, can, can be in spurts. But I think that um, – and, and he probably will have the ball in his hands at, at the end of the game. But as Peichel has said and Baker has even said, you know, they would be thrilled if Harper ends up being kind of on the same par in terms of a closer – um, but I think in terms of overall, you know, uh, Harper, I think from three-point range, from shooting percentage, you know, his defense, uh, actually Lindy's uh, put him as preseason defensive player of the year in the league. He really doesn't get enough credit for his defense, but he, he took a, a major step forward last year defensively. He can guard multiple positions. Um, I really think, you know, he's their best player. He has the best pro potential of anyone on the team. Um, obviously his father had a lengthy career and I think going from a sophomore to a junior, I think a lot of people within the program thought he was going to kind of make that leap last year. He sort of Mm -hmm. did. He made it all big 10, you know, he, he averaged, uh, his numbers certainly went up, but I think this is the year where we're going to see him become a true star. And I think he does have that first team all big 10 potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, going into last season, from my perspective, I really had my you know, Geo Baker circled. I thought he was going to elevate into this high, high, high level player. And again, he was a good, consistent player for the Scarlet Knights last year, but very inconsistent when he was on. I mean, he's almost unstoppable for segments. Uh, it's so many clutch shots during, you know, not only last season, but beyond, beyond that as well. It's just, he has those nights where, you know, I'm, I'm looking through his, his game log from last season, you know, eight points against Penn state, uh, no points against Maryland, three points against Michigan. Too many of those nights for a guy who wants to be a high-level, you know, second-team, first-team, all-Big-Ten type of player. So it'll be interesting to see if he can get a little more consistent. I would expect his minutes would increase if he does that as well because his minutes did regress a little bit last season um, for a variety of reasons. But, um, yeah, I, Harper is definitely more consistent. Uh, I, I think that is definitely true. So I'm, I'm interested. They got a few guys who could break out, though, which I, I would think would have to excite Scarlet Knight fans. So that is good news. Um, at this point, I would normally ask you to get into the schedule. Unfortunately, we still don't have a schedule. We have no idea how it's going to look. All we know is that November 25th is the purported start date for the season. Have you heard anything on the schedule, any predictions, anything like that at all? 
Uh, well, first off, I just, if you don't mind, I just wanted to touch on Baker, you know, in his yeah, defense, sure. he, he did come <laughs> back, uh, from a th- uh, broken thumb, uh, much earlier than he should have. And though mm-hmm. I think it was about seven or eight game stretch when he returned, um, he was definitely not himself. Uh, he shot like 25%. I think he averaged like six or seven points a game. And then mm-hmm. once he got healthy, he really finished the season strong. He is without a doubt, the heart and soul and leader of the team. Yeah. Um, but I just think talent-wise and potential, Harper is that guy that 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 could be the ultimately better player. But um, yeah, I think Baker. You know, he, he, you are right though. He has struggled from the field throughout his career. Um, but that that last year was a little feast or famine, kind of right around that injury. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of schedule, you know, I think that uh, it's been reported. I, I think Rutgers will play a few, um, probably you know, three or four local uh, low major teams. Uh, I think they're trying to schedule a, a three-team, uh, multi-team event at the rack. Um, and then, you know, obviously we're, we're waiting for the ACC Big Ten Challenge um, opponent. So that, that would be a power, uh, power five opponent. And then uh, Rutgers-Seton Hall, you know, they're trying to get it done. Uh, they, they, uh, a big issue with this non-conference scheduling is that the conferences haven't decided yet. So um, Rutgers and Seton Hall are really trying to get a date together. I, I joked about it in an article last week. I don't care if it's Wednesday at noon. They have to play uh, this year. It's just, uh, well, I think, one of the most underrated rivalries in college basketball. Um, but aside mm. from that, you know, yeah, we, we don't know yet. You know, um, will there be seven non-conference games? Will it be five? But I think for Rutgers, it'll be the ACC Big Ten opponent, um, hopefully Seton Hall, and probably three or four local uh, low to mid-majors. Uh, and then other than that, it, with the Gavit games most likely not happening, I think um, that's what you're looking at um, going into it. So it's going to be interesting, I think, for this team. You know, they're, they typically kind of have a soft soft bridge uh, leading yeah. up to Big Ten play. Um, they're not really going to have that this year. So, it's uh, you know, a, they're obviously a mature team, an experienced team, um, but they're going to have to, you know, play – play well from from the get-go from the opening tips so i think that'll be a, somewhat of a mental adjustment for them as well mm-hmm. yeah and i i should note with baker you know I'm, I'm not trying not to be too critical i'm i'm just you know uh judging him on a, a tough curve here so uh good player very productive. I get it. Uh, <laughs> uh but yeah the the schedule it, it's going to be interesting to see and as you noted i mean ruckers might be at an advantage here having so many guys back guys who know how to play with one another know their role on the team. That's one of the things I, I really like about Rutgers and, and not to get too off track here, but you know, Illinois who is loaded with talent coming into the season. I mean, two prime NBA prospects. They're adding another big time recruit to their lineup, really proven team as well. But Illinois feels like a team where you got a lot of mouths to feed that like, I'm, I'm not the guys. They all seem like really nice guys, you know, great players, all that kind of stuff. But they're the offensive driven players where they're going to need some possessions and you've got to figure out who gets the ball, when all that type of stuff. Rutgers doesn't feel like that. Rutgers feels like they play really well as a team. They're going to be balanced. It's not going to be egos, stuff like that. So I I think that would be really exciting in a season like this, where, you know, the fact that they have played together is probably going to be a big advantage over, you know, some other team, you know, Maryland, Indiana, um, Michigan, Teams that are gonna have a, a lot of turnover this year from Nebraska is another one. Um, although I'm not sure the Huskers are gonna be quite good enough to really challenge Rutgers, but you know there are teams in the league that have a lot of turnover, and this is a year where hey, 
you probably would prefer to be in Rutgers situation and have that those proven pieces. So it should be interesting to follow. Um, jumping back to the the team here, uh, we've talked about you know a lot of returners. I, I think most of these guys are going to be pretty clear here. Do you have a, a projection for the starting lineup at this time? And if so, who do you think starts for the Scarlet Knights? Well, I think you definitely have Miles Johnson back at center. Uh, I think Ron Harper Jr. could start at the three or four, but I think he'll probably start at the four. Uh, then obviously you have, uh, you know, Geo uh, really is the one or two. Um, and then I think uh, either Montez Mathis, um, you know, uh, three uh, probably will start. He started most of last year. He didn't necessarily play down, um, you know, at the end, very end of games at times, but, uh, you know, very experienced guy former four-star recruit. I think he starts. And then uh, probably Jacob Young, uh, who was a transfer from Texas, who I really think is a key to them taking another step forward this season. I think if he can become the third reliable scorer behind Harper and Baker, I think it really uh, will add an element to this team. He, uh, you know, he, he's arguably Rutgers, the best penetrator they've had in the program for over a decade. And yes, I mean, even over Corey Sanders, um, you know, he really gives them an element on the court that they've never had, uh, at least in the Big Ten. Just his, his quickness, his ability to get to the rim. Um, you know, he was really rusty last year after sitting out a year. His efficiency numbers were terrible. Um, but uh, the last third of the season, he really kind of uh, got his feet under him. Uh, he cut down on the turnovers, and he was very effective. If you look at their best games down the stretch, he had big games in all of them. So I think he's a real key this year. And I think their top guy coming off the bench is probably going to be Paul Mulcahy. Um, you know, the sophomore, he, he's, he's a, a true point guard, but it's 6'6". Um, he can play multiple positions. He was really effective last year, splitting zones, getting a, around the free throw line, and, and his passing ability and unselfishness. Um, he was just tremendous at finding teammates and getting them in, in good positions, good spots. I think he's going to take a step up this year as well. So I think Mulcahy and Young are two guys in the backcourt to watch for that will really make Rutgers a better team this year. Interesting. And Mulcahy, that, that's an interesting one because I haven't heard much hype for him coming into this season. Um, you think he's a guy a little under the radar nationally or, or across the Big Ten? I, th- I think so. Uh, locally, he's not. You know, he's a New Jersey kid. He was a, a borderline sure. three, four-star recruit. Um, you know, uh, Chris Collins at Northwestern really went after him. He had national offers, and he committed to Rutgers really early in the process. It surprised a lot of people. Um, and I really think, you know, he, he's the first true point guard that Pykele has landed. Um, and I think his ceiling is really high for this program. I think the following year, you'll see him kind of take the mantle as that Geo Baker type leader um, his last two years. And I think, um, or, or three, knowing that this year isn't, uh, doesn't count towards eligibility now, which is a whole other topic. But um uh, anyway, yeah, I think he um, is certainly a kid that needed to gain weight, needed to gain confidence. He needs to improve his outside shot. But um, just from a basketball IQ, um, you know, ability to find teammates and put them in better position and just uh, offensively, he's, he's a natural. Um, I think he improved defensively down, down the stretch. And, um, you know, you're hearing really good things around the program with him this year. And I think he's uh, physically matured. And I think he's got a, a really bright future. Mm-hmm. interesting okay yeah like i said i i haven't heard a ton of hype on him coming into this year so i'm interested to see that yeah as far as the starting lineup goes i 
I, I can't really disagree with much. I, I think you have three, four guys that are basically locks <laughs> uh, in the in the lineup. And really the only question is, you know, does a guy like Makoki or or one of these depth guys just surprise and, and become so good that, that they push somebody out of the lineup? But um, the nice thing is, you know, Rutgers plays a, a pretty deep bench for the most part. They finished 55th in bench minutes last season. And under Peekle, they've always – played a deep bench so as far as rotation guys are always going to be fresh foul trouble isn't going to be a huge concern because you got so many guys and i i really like the front court i think the front court is going to be a strength i talked about the rebounding earlier today and i see no reason to think that is going to drop off this season so i i like the front court and if that backcourt you know we talk about the shooting and i i hate to you know beat a dead horse here but if, if some of those guys, you know, they have a lot of key players that finish in the 20th percentiles for three-point shooting, and it's like, you know, if they can just elevate, you know, five, ten percent, you know, six percent, something like that, Rutgers becomes such a such a dangerous team offensively and just across the board because of that defense. So it'll be interesting to watch a lot of pieces, and, and the nice thing is, is, you know, the coaching staff's going to have a lot of options, so that's always a, a nice thing to get to. But um, but with that, why don't we get to the part everybody everybody loves the most, which are the season predictions. Again, we don't have a schedule, so it's a little tougher to get into that kind of stuff. But what are your overall projections for Rutgers this season? If there is a postseason, do you think Rutgers makes it? And uh, any other thoughts you have on the Scarlet Knights? Well, I think you know one one challenge we haven't talked about, which I, I think is 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 a a fair concern per se is the fact that you know they were so good at home last year uh, at the rack, you know, mm-hmm. eighteen and one, one of the best home court advantages in the country. So I, I do think it'll be interesting to see how they respond. Um, you know, most likely without fans at the rack this year. Um, but again, I, I, I think. Uh, and you touched on it some as well, which I completely agree with. I think this season, the conditions, uh, the unique um, unique circumstances that we're dealing with, I think have really kind of, uh, which is extremely rare <laughs> and unheard of for Rutgers fans, but I think that the, the table has really turned in the right direction for Rutgers this season. This team specifically, the experience they have, they're a deep team, they're versatile. I do think they have a chip on their shoulder. Um, and, and they're very experienced with each other. Um, you know, they went to Spain last offseason, um, and that kind of bond really showed on the court last year. And I think um, just the circumstances of how last season ended um, and then going into this year, I think it, it, luck could really turn their way, like you mentioned, with a lot of turnover in the Big Ten. I think they are going to be a top-five team in the Big Ten. Um, and I think that, yeah, they're a very dangerous team in the postseason. As you know, you know, defense, uh, defensive teams uh, can be in any game, uh, especially in the postseason. And I think that they're certainly poised to be able to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. I think they could surprise people. You know, what I don't like is that they're very trendy right now nationally. You know, you have John <laughs> Rothstein's of the world, Andy Cass is both putting them on as dark horses for the Final Four. Obviously, that would be beyond our, our wildest dreams uh, for where this program has been, uh, excluding 1976 before uh, even I was born, but um, I think that, yeah, they, I think they have that kind of potential. You know, they could be a, I could see them being a five, six seed in the NCAA tournament that could make a deep run. So um, in conference play, you know, they have to be more consistent on the road. Um, they have to maintain their edge at home, but I think like we've discussed, you know, they're a versatile team uh, and they have uh, a lot of experience. So I, I really 
would be shocked if they took a step backwards. Obviously, they have to stay healthy, but I do think, you know, going 11 and 9 in conference play last year, I, I think it's very reasonable to think they could get up to that 13, 14 game, uh, you know, wins in conference play. Obviously, we don't know about non conference, but, um, you know, I think they could be a top five Big Ten team and about, a, you know, anywhere from a four to six seed in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Yeah. Final four. Woo. Bold, bold predictions. Um, I'm well, I'm not, I, I'm not I, predicting I, that. I'm just saying what, what's being said. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm pretty high on this Rutgers team and, and I'll just say a couple of things, you know, first off, I think the big 10 for the middle uh, and teams like this, it's going to be a lot easier this year. And I know the big Ten's getting hyped uh, from everybody across the board coming into the season. And I think to a certain degree it deserves it because I think there are three, four teams that could be in the top 10, 12 this season for the big 10. So I think the top is going to be fantastic. However, I don't think the middle and the lower portion of the league is going to be as good as it was last year. I mean, you had like 12 teams that were all like top 40 last year. I do not think that will happen this season for the big 10. And that's important because teams like Rutgers, who are still going to be towards the top of the league, they're actually going to get some off nights <laughs> that they didn't have last season where they can rack up some wins without, um, you know, uh, going into a, a hostile environment against, you know, Wisconsin or something. So I do think to a certain extent, the record is going to be better, even though the team may not necessarily be substantially better, just because I think the Big Ten will be more manageable for teams that are in the top uh, half of it. So I think Rutgers is going to be in good, great shape to make the tournament. I think, as you said, I think they're going to have a really nice seed. I, I think they're going to have a great resume at the end of the year because they're going to be able to compile a lot of wins in the Big Ten. I don't think I don't have them at the very top. I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten title. Anything's possible, particularly in a year like this where things are going to be really weird. I mean, no home court advantage to I mean, I don't know what it's worth. I don't think anybody does. You know, we'll have to see how teams play, whether it really is any boost at all uh, for the teams playing at home. So it's going to be a weird year, but. As I sit here today, I think Rutgers is going to be towards the top of the conference. Would not be shocked if they got into the top four for the Big Ten tournament. Maybe higher. I, I I don't think they're going to win the title, but I think they could be in play for at least a month, month and a half of the season, which I think Rutgers fans would be thrilled about. As far as the postseason, unless the team drastically improves its three-point shooting, I, I don't think a Final Four is on the table, but – Sweet 16? Yeah, sure. I mean, they're going to have the seeding probably to do it. They're going to be a really tough team to play because of the defense. And we've seen some some crazy things happen. I think the only thing that, that would concern me as far as predicting a Final Four, something like that, is just generally the teams that make it that far have sort of different gears they can switch to. You know, they can beat you with A, they can beat you with B. Rutgers has a very consistent style of play. It's been very successful, but, you know, they're not going to have start unloading a barrage of threes uh, one night. Um, it's a very consistent approach. So that's my only hesitation as far as Final Four. But I think it's going to be a really good season. I think Rutgers will break that drought for the NCAA tournament and fans overall will, will be happy. So should be exciting. Um, Aaron, before I let you go, uh, first, if you want to remind people where they can check out your stuff and then 
if you have any final thoughts on uh, Rutgers or the Big Ten, uh, speak them now. Well, thanks again for having me on uh, and back this year. Uh, but, yeah, on thebanks.com, you can find all your Rutgers coverage. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we, we put it this way. We've covered Rutgers basketball like they were a good team for years, even when they weren't. So um, <laughs> you'll get even more coverage now that they are good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think you made a great point about the big 10. I think you're right. I, the, the bottom half of this conference, um, you know, it doesn't look as strong as they did last year. And I think, yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, I hate, I hate to just kind of throw in old, good old luck there, but I think that, um, the stage has kind of turned in the right direction for Rutgers. And I think they're poised to take advantage of it. But I think mentally, I think what I love about coach Peichel is that, you know, he really understands uh, what makes this team tick. Uh, this team is completely bought in. And I think that they're really just uh, due to, to really make a big jump this year um, for all the conditions we discussed. And I think um, really the big picture, just as my close, is that I think Peichel is the real deal. I think that he's going to be at Rutgers for a very long time. His mentor was Jim Calhoun at UConn, who he played for on his first team. Um, and also, uh, you know, really learn from to be uh, in regards to being a coach. I think Peichel is going to keep Rutgers, uh, you know, as one of the better teams in the Big Ten for many years to come. Uh, and that will be a, a adjustment for Big Ten fans. But I think it's it, we're really on the cusp of that uh, becoming a reality um, in the next couple of years here. Absolutely. And we are going to have you back on to discuss the uh, the Steve Peichel coaching situation and all of that in the, the years going forward. But um, again, thank you for joining us. Everybody else, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Make sure to check out BT Powerhouse on Twitter, Facebook. Um, we're counting down the top 25 players. There has been already one Rutgers player named on there. So I uh, encourage everyone to check that out. As always, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at tbendit. Um, otherwise, thank you guys again. Everyone stay safe. Uh, mask up and check us out next time.